Outport Church wants to thank you for subscribing and listening to our podcast. We pray that these teachings bless your life and are helping you become who God has called you to be. Enjoy this podcast and God bless. I really feel like, you know, we've been talking a lot about vision. 2020 is, is a year of vision and we've been seeing a lot of prophecies, a lot of words about that. But, you know, it's so important when we talk about vision that we realize that we can have, we can, we can be able to have a vision that is not the vision of God. It's our vision. And, and that's why it's so important for us to understand that vision comes from the Lord. We have to be led by the Lord, that we, we are walking in his purpose, in his plans for our life. Remember, God created you with a purpose and a plan. You're not just existing here. You're not just here. So come on, Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that it, it manifests in our life today, God, that the seeds will begin to grow rapidly, that you would renew our mind, God, that you will break every lie from Satan, God, and we will walk in truth, God, because your word is truth, and we love you, Lord, and we give you all the glory today. Let's read Mark 8.22. We're going to start at Mark 8.22. And this is an amazing story that we're about to read. Jesus heals a blind man. This is the story of Jesus healing a blind man. So in Mark 22, it says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. And they begged him to touch the man and heal him. The Bible doesn't say who brought the man. It says people brought the man. So people brought this blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to please touch him, touch this man, and heal him. So Jesus took the blind man by the hand. Listen to this clearly. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. I love this, and we got to grab this. It says Jesus took the man, he grabbed him by the hand, and he took him out of the village. He took him out of the place where he lived, the place where he was. He took him away from his environment. He repositioned him to a different place. And then it says, then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? And this is, this is so powerful. And I want you to grab this because there's something so miraculous in here. Jesus repositioned this man before he performed this miracle. And we see stories and stories in the gospel of miracles that Jesus did. But only twice do you see Jesus actually reposition people to heal them. There was only two times in the whole gospel that you see that. But this story is so amazing, and it's so powerful. There's so much. We could preach this story for the next five, five weeks. It's, it, there was so much in it. He took him out. It says he brought him out from the place that he had been, and he put him in a different position. And this is where I want to stay for a minute because there's something that happens when we are repositioned, when we are moved to another place. It's a new environment. It's, it, everything is seen differently. And many of us have been in the same place for so long. I mean, we've been so stuck in the same place 
that we can be, we can go from here to there, but we end up, we could get a new husband, we could get a new wife, we could get, we could get a new house, we could get a new car, but we are never repositioned. We have never changed our place. We are still the same. We just keep searching for different people to fill the void, to change who we are. Because our vision is tainted, our vision is damaged. And some of us have a good reason for being damaged. I mean, if you got molested or abused when you were young, your vision is tainted on how you see men, how you see women. You no longer are the person you were. Your eyes shifted. So now it doesn't matter what happens in your life. You're seeing from that perspective. But I want you to understand something. That reality doesn't come from perception. It comes from truth. And as long as you're living according to your perception and your environments and what is going on around you or what has happened to you, you're not living according to the truth. So that's why the Bible says that Jesus had to remove this man and then he laid hands on him and healed him. Because what was so captivating from this is I began to study it. I went back and I read, I started studying what Bethsaida was. What is this place? Bethsaida is a place of provision. It's an amazing place. But the Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty one, 21, woe to Bethsaida. He actually cursed that city because they were not repenting of their sins. So this city was cursed. Come on. There's only two cities in the Bible that Jesus actually spoke and cursed. So he couldn't heal him there even if he wanted to. He had to bring him out of the curse. He had to bring him out of that place that he's been stuck in. And then he actually laid hands on him and it says he spit. What is spit? Spit is the ultimate DNA. I mean, in an instant, he gave him the DNA of a father. And then he asks him, can you see anything now? And this is, this is, what, this is the, pro, the place that really amazed me because you, you think Jesus, when he lays hands on the sick, they recover. But not in this instinct. It says he asked him. Why is he asking him that? He asked him, can you see anything now? And he says, he looked up and he said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. This is what the man said. They look like trees walking around. So I believe that what Jesus did at that very moment is he unlocked the supernatural eyes and vision to this man. Because he began to look around and he says, I see trees walking around. Trees signifies life. And they're walking around. They're not rooted. They're not planted. And then he says that Jesus then laid his hands on the man's eyes again. I really truly believe that God's ultimate purpose for us is to see in the supernatural. It is more important than the natural. 
Because when we can see in the supernatural, when we can see what God sees, everything shifts, everything changes. This is the most amazing miracle to me. Because this man did, did not only get made whole in the natural, he got made whole in the supernatural. Now he can see in the supernatural. It says Jesus opened his sight. He opened his sight. His eyes were opened, and now he can see. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything. Jesus then, this is powerful. Jesus then says, Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Another translation says, go home, but don't go to the village. So pretty much that's not your home no more. So even if you go home, don't go to where you once were. Don't go there no more because you were stuck there for too long. And some of us got to get this. Jesus had to reposition him to heal him. I mean, our mindsets, our vision have been just so tainted. I mean, if you've been living, let's say, 20 years, and you were taught something, and you've been hurt, and you've had losses, and you've been wounded, and you've been damaged. And now I tell you, tell me what you see. You're seeing from a place, from the perception of what is going on and what has happened in your life. So you need new vision. And no matter how much vision God gives you at this very moment, what's going to happen is it's going to be persuaded with the vision you already have. Because your foundation is damaged. And when your foundation is damaged, you're, you're, you're standing on a shifty sand. So it don't matter how good you're doing. It don't matter the, the new things that are happening great in your life. Within months, you'll be back in that place. It don't matter the new relationships you built. Within months, they'll be damaged again. And this is truth because your foundation is damaged. And when your foundation is damaged, you can have the best person in the world you could start a new relationship with, and you'll damage them. God could give you a palace, and you could make it into a jail cell. It doesn't matter because you're not right within. Your vision is tainted. So we have to get to a place where we need to understand. Matthew 6, says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So what happens if your eyes are not healthy? The total opposite. Your whole body is full of darkness. So no matter, it doesn't matter how much you try to light the lamp. If your body, if your eyes are not healthy, you're not healthy. So the key to having new vision is to reposition ourselves on a good foundation. To reposition ourselves to begin to know the word of the Lord and to live according to his word and not our ways. Because if not, what's going to happen is you're going to reposition yourself to another place, but you're still in the same place. You just moved a little to the left. You just changed the wallpaper. You could renovate your whole house. 
That's not going to bring peace to your house. You, you could renovate your house every year, and it makes you happy during income tax time. You got a new comforter. You got new stuff. And you're happy for a moment. Within a month, you're not going to want that anymore. It's no longer going to make you happy. You bought a new car. Come on, everyone's happy in March. You got your income tax. Everybody could buy and pay off their bills. And when you're living in poverty and you get a financial breakthrough, what happens? You're happy. Because you could get out of, out of that poverty for a moment. But what we don't understand, it's only for a moment. Because you didn't break the spirit of poverty. So because you didn't break the spirit of poverty, within a month you're broke again. And you're back in poverty. It's when you break the spirit of poverty that it doesn't cause financial breakthroughs to make you happy. Because I'm already blessed. And I live in the blessing. And I live in the abundance. And I constantly have a flow of the spirit moving in my life, whether I have or don't have. Because my life isn't moved by my circumstances. My reality isn't moved by my circumstances. My reality is moved by the truth of the word of God. That he will never leave me. That he will never forsake me. That he will give me all the desires of my heart. That he will provide according to his riches and glory. So that's truth. And the truth is what sets us free. It's the truth that sets us free. It's the truth that lets us see clearly, church. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how much we try to do what is right. We will always come up short. You ever say that? I used to say it all the time. I try, I try, I do good, I'm good to everybody, and nobody appreciates it. And we say these same lines. Nobody cares. When I need someone, no one's there for me. And we speak the same gibberish over and over and over again. We don't do good to get good. We do good because we are good. I'm not expecting my breakthrough because I'm good to you. My breakthrough happened because I'm in the palm of Jesus' hand and I'm living according to his will and his statutes and his perception. The Bible says in Psalm 119, I love this. I'm telling you, I've read this Psalm a million times this week. I love it. It says, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, whose walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. You want to know how to be blessed? It's not winning a lawsuit. You want to know how to be blessed? It's not getting what you want. The Bible says that blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong but follow his ways. Come on, God has given us complete access to blessings. He's told us what to do. I mean, you guys got, we got like, man, it's so cool. It's like we got the the magic book and then poof everything could come to pass is it that easy no we got to live it it's a lifestyle you have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed listen to that so our perception doesn't come from our natural 
It doesn't come from what's happening around us. It doesn't come from what happened to you. It doesn't come from who left you. The precepts say that they're laid down by the Lord. So it's his perception that we're looking for. We need to know what is it that you think about this Jesus. Well, I don't know that, you know, that sounds like a bad idea, Erica. I know you have, I know you're a woman of faith. And I know these are the things that people tell me. I know you're a woman of faith, but you don't understand what you're doing. You don't understand what you're about to do. Get thee behind me, Satan, because my word says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And nothing can stop me. And he goes before me and he prepares a way before my enemies. He's there already. The enemies, oh, there's enemies in the land. Oh, but he's preparing a way for me. And the Bible says that he's making my enemies my footstool. They will fund our project. Come on, we got to start speaking the word of the Lord. When we went to conference, there was this prophet from Uganda. Uh, Not from Uganda, he's from Africa. He's not from Uganda. But it was so powerful, and he started prophesying, and he started speaking that we have to walk in power. We have to walk in power, Holy Ghost power. And then he says, you guys are scared of cockroaches. And when he said that, I thought about it. I'm like, man, yeah, the one thing I'm afraid of going to Africa is the cockroaches. (laughs) I go to Puerto Rico. I hate Puerto Rico because there's cockroaches everywhere. I, I'm telling you, like, I, it's like you can't even see the goodness in the land when you're afraid of something. Because something that small could mess up your vision. It just ruins your vision. So now you're scared. You can't enjoy your whole vacation because you're worried about a roach. The Bible says that, he, that they send out People to scout the land, to look at the land and see what was going on. And it says that they came back and they said, there's giants in the land. There's giants in the land and they're big. And I don't think we can do this. But there was two. There was two, Joshua and Caleb. And they said, our God goes before us. And they said, it's okay, we could take the land. I know we can. And those two men believed. And the Bible says that Joshua took the land. And Caleb was 87 years old. And he went with him. He didn't say, I'm too old. Joshua, come on. You do this on your own. I'm kind of wasted here. He said, Joshua, do all that's on your heart. I'm with you. Together, they took the land. And the Bible says that Caleb was as strong as he was in his youth. God gave him strength. His faith built up strength in him. And every time Joshua doubted, God said, be strong and courageous, Joshua, for I am with you. He reminded him. We have to listen to the word of God. The word of God is true. And you can't just keep living thinking that it's not. Because what happens is we don't live according to the ways of God. The Bible says to meditate on his word day and night. Know it. So that when the enemy comes up in your ear, you speak the word of God. You can't do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Don't you tell me I can't do anything. Who told you you can't do something? What happened to you? What messed you up? 
who left you, who hurt you, who abandoned you. Or maybe you never had a father and you got an orphan spirit so you don't even know how to come to the Lord. You know what? Right now, the Lord will heal you and embrace you and say, I am your papa. I am your daddy. I love the story of the eagle. He says you will mount up on wings of eagles. And I love that. Because if you study the eagle, the mama eagle keeps the little eaglets in their nest. And you know what she does when it's time? For them to fly, she kicks them out. Literally, pushes them out the nest. But then it says that the father eagle, he soars above and he watches over the eaglet. And when the eaglet begins to fall, he grabs him back and he brings him higher. And he puts him to soar even higher than he did before until he learns how to fly. So you see, it's in your fall. It's in, your, it's in those moments that you feel like it's all over. That the Father is hovering over you. And he's saying, I want to take you to higher heights. I'm taking you higher. And I had to get you out that nest. I had to reposition you so that you could fly. But for some of us will spend the rest of our lives trying to get back in the nest. Because that's where you were comfortable. That's where you were nurtured. Not realizing that there was a father that is watching over you. And he's taking you to higher heights. He's about to restore. He's about to redeem. He's about to fix those things that you thought were over. And he's just waiting. It's such a powerful word that God gives us in this story. He heals this man. We have to be repositioned. Some of us got to pray that God breaks those soul ties, those, those curses in our life. We're so attached to those people that hurt us. We're so attached to the things that happen to us. And God is doing a new thing, and yet you're still making excuses for what your mama did, for what your daddy did, for what your uncle did to you. And God is saying, I'm doing a new thing, and you can't even see it because you've literally signed a contract with what happened to you there. And you've chosen that I'm staying there. I'm staying in that place. I'm staying in Belseda. And I'm not going out this village to get healed. I'm going to stand right here. Because that happened to you. You got to let it go. You got to say, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. And I'm ready to do things God's way. I'm telling you, you're going to come up short every time. You're going to get a new girl. You're going to get a new guy. You're going to get a new house. You're going to get a new car. And you're going to be miserable every time. And people would live their life for the rest of their life like that. And never reach the purpose and the plans that God had for them. Because we decided to sign a contract with that person who hurt us, that person who left us that person who rejects us. And now we're stuck in this spirit of poverty. We're stuck with orphan spirits. We're stuck with, with, with just this, this nasty things that we, we choose to be a part of, perversion. And God is saying, I want to I get you set free from that today. But we got to be willing to sever and say, I don't care. I got nothing to lose anymore. Because I've been in pain all my life. And I'm happy maybe for a moment. But then again, I'm miserable again. 
And I don't know about you, but that was me. That's who I was. And I lived a perfect little American dream. I said by the age of 30, I would have a brand new house. I would have the best car on the block. I bought the most expensive house on the block, and I made sure I had the touring edition car. And guess what? I was still miserable. I was miserable. But it's because somebody once told me that if you have that kid, if you have that baby, you're never going to be nobody. And I lived my whole life making sure I proved to those somebodies that I was going to make it. And my vision was on proving to someone that they were wrong instead of on what God had for me. So now I finally achieved the vision that I made. I had the beautiful house, the swimming pool, everything you wanted. I was making $120,000 a year. Provision wasn't a problem. But it didn't matter because I was miserable. My life was miserable. My children were miserable. I had a suicidal spirit on my life where I just wanted to die every day. And you would say, why do you want to die? You got everything. I didn't have what I needed the most. And that was Jesus. So I had to sever my ties with everything that I had created, which probably was one of the hardest things in my life. I had to lose all my friends. I had to lose everything so that I could gain what God has given me now. He's given me peace. He's given me joy. He's given me happiness. I don't care about the bills anymore. God provides. I'm just worth my only focus it's to be obedient. You can ask my husband, the minute the, minute the check comes in the bank, did you tithe? <laughs> He's like, dang, babe, just went through. I, my only focus is to, to do and be obedient to the Lord. And no, I haven't perfected this, but I know one thing, that I'm following Psalm 119. And I want to be a person of integrity. I want to be a person who follows the Lord. And if God says, don't touch it, I'm not touching it. If he says, don't do it, I'm not doing it. Oh, but you don't understand. If you do this, you can, you can get everything you want. I don't want everything. I want Jesus. Because if you give me everything and I don't have Jesus, I did that already. It didn't work. We have to make a decision, church. And I'm telling you, everyone in this room, within a year, you could see your whole life transformed. It is that easy. Well, you're going to have struggles. Are you going to have, yeah, the Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust. But if you make a decision, I told my son, I sat with him. He was a complete alcoholic, messed up kid when he came here. When I tell you how lost he was, you wouldn't even believe me. I mean, all he, uh, thousands of dollars in his pocket, selling drugs, just a mess. And he said, I don't know what to do, too deep. I said, I'm going to tell you one thing. You make a decision today to serve the Lord. And for a whole year, he said, I'm going to stay committed, Mom. For a year, I will not miss a service. I said, you got to come to church even if you're sick. Because you're making a commitment. You're making a contract with Jesus now. And you're going to be committed to that contract. And you're going to do the will of the Father even when it hurts. 
I can't tell you how many times they cried in my office. He said, Mom, I just want to be on the worship team. Finally, I get him on the worship team a little bit. He's living with his girlfriend. You can't be on the worship team if you're living with your girlfriend. So, son, you got to get married. But, Mom, her dream is to have a beautiful wedding. And we can't do that right now. I don't know what to tell you, son. They sat in my office and they both wept. God, I don't know if this is the truth. They both wept. She said, I'll give up the beautiful wedding and we'll get married. Because we want to live right. And we want to live together. And we, he wants to be on the worship team. So we went and we had a wedding in Botanical Gardens. There was only a few people. And she gave up the dream of having a wedding. And I believe that God gave her a, a marriage. She didn't have the wedding of her dreams, but God gave her a marriage. Because now they have a home, a healthy home. I'm telling you, when you give up things, it hurts for that moment. Because that hurt. And honestly, I can tell you that I was crying to the Lord. I said, Lord, let me just put him on the worship team. He was a drug dealer. Like, God, please. <laughs> like, what's the big deal? <laughs> please. But I can't change what God says as much as I want to for some people and I want to make way I can't do that because it says in Psalm 119 that not to compromise with the word of the Lord we have to live according to the will and the plans of God it is not our it's not our way because God wants to do exceeding and abundantly beyond anything you could imagine in your life and if you do it God's way you're going to see the fruit of God's way do you want to be happy? Live God's way. Because the Bible clearly says it. It says, blessed are those whose ways are blameless. I love, I love this other, I'm going to pull this up just because it's so good. There's another way that says that, that, that joyous are the ones who walk in the statues of the Lord. You want joy? have to do things God's way and that's your choice I can't choose for you as much as I I weep when I see the things people are going through in this world I see people call me with the same problems and I just want to tell them man you got to stop doing that and I do many times but they don't listen and I'm not going to give up on anyone I'll love you forever and ever but I want to see the fruit of the Spirit move in people's lives. I want to see people be prosperous. I want to see people live well. I don't want to just see people crying every week in my office. I'm a pastor. I can do that. It's okay. But there's got to come a place where, where we make a choice and we say, I don't want to live that way no more. I want the joy you have, Erica. I want, I want, I want my marriage healed like, like God healed yours. Man, but then you're gonna, you came at the end of the story. Do you want to go through what I went through? I'm telling you, we had to leave it all. We had to lose it all. And there was nights that I didn't know where Jesus was. And now we're, we're every, every, every level. It causes more things we got to leave. To get to this level, I had to leave some stuff again. And ask him, I wept every night. Because I didn't want to leave the things that I, was, that I had around me. I was familiar 
But when God says go, you go. When God says move, you move. When God says you grab my hand, I'm taking you out this village, you go. He could have said, no, Jesus, heal me here because I don't want to go. I invited someone to church two weeks ago, and they said, I cannot leave Dunkirk. I can't leave this area. I'm confined here. And I wept with her. I said, why? She said, I don't know. And it broke my heart. I went home. I said, Lord, I don't understand. Is it because the drug dealer's right there? Is it, I don't know. What is it, Lord? And the Lord said, she's bound. She's bound. And the only thing that will get that person unbound is they have to come with me. And they got to be able to say, I'll go. As afraid. I visited someone in jail yesterday. And man, <laughs> every time I go, I weep. But the funny thing is that I remember when I seen this person in the front page of the paper and I heard the Lord say, go get them, go visit them. And I didn't know anything. I didn't know this person from a hole in the wall. <laughs> I'd never heard of them before. And I went and I wrote them on Facebook. I said, I want to pick you up and I want to take you for lunch. And I get to the house. And when I get there, I was probably as scared as she was. <laughs> I didn't know her. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And the Lord said, get her a Bible and a journal. I went to Ollie's. I got a Bible and a journal, and I put it in a bag. And I went, and I picked her up, and I said, we're going to eat at Upper Crust. She said, where's Upper Crust? I said, it's in Fredonia. So I'd never been there. I said, you've lived here all your life. It's right there. I've never been there. I can't go there because people are going to look at me. I'm in the front page of the paper. I said, we're going to go there, and you're going to lift your head up high, and you're going to sit with me, and we're going to eat. And that's exactly what we did. Until this day, she's still as on fire as she was that day in jail. I'm telling you, when God sets you free, he sets you free. It don't matter if they put you back in a cell. She was set free, and who the son sets free is free indeed. She ministered to me yesterday because she's filled with the fire of God. I'm telling you that it doesn't matter where you're at. God wants to set you free, and you have to just say, I'm willing. She got in the car and was willing to take a step of faith. She got in the car and was willing to come to a tent revival every single night of the week. And God shifted her life. And I believe the beginning is just, this is just the beginning. Come on. Some of you got to say, today's my day. I'm going to leave it all behind. What do you, you have to ask yourself, what do you got to lose? That was, that's what I had to ask myself. Erica, you're going to lose your house. I was already losing my house. Erica, you're going to lose this. You're going to lose that. That's what the devil kept whispering in my, in my mind. I said, I want to die. Come on, I had to get to a place where I didn't want to live so that I could live. You're supposed to be dead anyway. So stop trying to hold on to the things that you have in your life. What is it? Those relationships? They're garbage anyway. Come on. We have to like speak to our mountains and tell them. Oh, you think you're going you to have it better than the last chick or the last guy had it? You think it's going to be better for you? It doesn't matter 
what you do, if you don't line up with the word of God, you're going to end up hopeless and hurting forever. And the best part of it is that everyone with you is going to go down the same race with you. I had to ask myself, did I want Sammy and Celeste to be like me? Did I want Sammy and Celeste to feel how I felt? I was afraid of everything. My dad could tell you he would hold my hand outside the door of the bathroom because I wouldn't use the bathroom without him holding my hand. And when he wasn't there, I would hold my urine all night long because I was afraid. I had fears that were unimaginable in my life. And Jesus broke that. I mean, I don't care where I'm at now. Everybody's like, oh, you need to be saved. Don't stay at the church alone. I'm like, I'm not scared of anything anymore. Why? Because I know who goes before me. I know who's behind me. I know who's beside me. And it's the king of kings. And no, oh, mom, you got to use wisdom. I know who Jesus is and the power of the Holy Ghost. And every devil in hell who comes and tries to raise up against me, I've seen them go down. Because God is all powerful and all merciful. So church, you have to stand for truth. And today you have to make a decision. I could do five more altar calls here and I could lay hands on you. But you got to go home and say, I need the Holy Ghost. I need the power of Jesus to touch me right now in this chair. Because without him, I cannot live. And let's finish this psalm and we're going to close out. It says, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees and do utter, and I will never utterly forsake them. God, no matter what comes my way, I promise, Lord, that I'm going to serve you till the day I die. Some of us got to pray that prayer and say, you know what, if everybody leaves me, if I lose everything today, I'm not in this for the blessing. I'm already blessed. He saved my soul. Do you understand that? If you're doing church, if you're giving for the blessing, that's great. Because blessed are those that give. But I give because I love Jesus. Reality is based on truth, not perception. And that's why we need to hear the truth. Because the truth is going to form a new way in your life. And that's why you're here and come on, you have to be, you got to say, I showed up today, God. I came. Some of you keep coming, keep showing up, and you're hearing truth. And the truth is breaking you free from the lies of Satan. Because Satan told you, you're going to be just like your mother. You're going to be just like your daddy. You're going to end up just like them. I said, oh, you, did you see who my, who my daddy was? Did you see what God is doing in my daddy? Did you see what the Lord is doing? Church, come on. Some of you got to start speaking truth. Yes, I'm going to be just like my daddy. And I'm going to smell like him. I'm going to look like him because my daddy has taken me to higher levels. He's taught me how to saw. So now I can't even sit in a room with chickens anymore. Because you can't find me in a chicken coop anymore. 
Oh, pastor, you don't need all that. Oh, yeah. Whatever God gives, I take. Because the Lord is doing a new thing. And if you can't see it, you're not going to be able to receive it. You got to see it before you see it. You got to see it. You got to see it. My marriage was healed before it got healed. My marriage was restored before it got restored. My husband was serving the Lord before I saw him serving the Lord. We're traveling before I saw money to travel. But when the Lord put in my heart that I was going to the nations, I went up to that altar when they said that prayer, and I remember falling out in the spirit, and I knew I was going to the nations. I didn't know when, because things got really shaky after that. <laughs> it didn't look like I was going nowhere. But I'm going to the nations. You're going to the nations. You're going to places. Come on, start dreaming and say, I'm going to Paris. I want to see Italy. I'm taking my kids to Disney World. Come on, start dreaming the little things if that's, what, if that's where your faith is right now. I'm going to Disneyland. I'm going to Legoland. I'm taking my kids wherever they want to go because God is going to make sure there's provision for that. See it. See it. Once you see it, you're going to achieve it. Faith is seeing what is hoped for. That's what faith is. And it says without faith, you can't please God. So you have to have faith. You have to see it. Close your eyes. Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. And, Father, as we close our eyes today, Lord, I believe that you're showing people some things that they can see it. Come on, see yourself where you want to be. See yourself whole. See yourself restored. See yourself renewed. Father, I pray that you break every orphan spirit off of everyone in this house, that they could grab onto their daddy because you are the daddy. You are our father, God. We are not orphans. We have a father. We have a mother. We have an inheritance. Father, I pray that you break the spirit of poverty over our hearts and our minds. That everything that's said that we weren't going to make it, we're going to make it. We're going to be well. We're going to live to tell the stories to our grandchildren of the miraculous things you did in our life. That one day that we said yes to you, Lord, you shifted and changed our life forever. And now we can lift up our hands and say, I'm free. But children, I once was bound. But now I'm free because Jesus set me free. Come on, some of you are seeing some stuff right now. Don't allow the devil to steal that from you. Write it down. Write it down. Put it down on paper. And it should be bigger than anything you can achieve on your own. If you could achieve it, it's yours. But if God has given it to you, it's his. And he will provide and equip you. Lord, I thank you for the businesses in this house that will flourish. I thank you, Lord. I believe that we're living in a season where you're no longer going to have to do what you don't like to do to make it. 
Some of us got to do what we don't like to do to survive. And I believe that's not how God created us. You're going to do what you love to do. And you're going to love every moment of it. And you're going to live according to his ways and his will. Come on, some of you got to say, that's me. That's my word. I'm taking it. I used to sit at church and put my hand up and pull every word that was spoken down. It's mine. God, you're going to heal my children. That's mine. God, you're going to take my children to places that I only imagine to see. They will do greater works than I will ever do on this land. We thank you, Lord. You are free today. And you need to say it. You need to say I'm free and I'm building my life on the foundation. Don't go back to the sins that keep you entangled. The Bible says that the dogs go back to their vomit. I've said this to you so many times. Don't keep eating your vomit. Say, I'm not going back to that place. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to roll over on my face on the floor, and I'm going to cry. I used to weep and cry on my face. I'm so lonely, God. But I learned to depend on the will of God. And today, I love the Lord. I love to be in his presence. I will take being in the presence of the Lord than going anywhere, than doing anything. Oh, how sweet it is for those who dwell in the presence of the Lord. They will be lifted up and mounted high. And they will soar like eagles. And they will bear fruit in all seasons. And they will bend, but they will never break. The Lord, the word of the Lord is on our hearts. Meditate on it day and night. I pray that you're blessed. That you're blessed. Come on, I see dream catchers here. <laughs> you're going to begin to catch your dreams. You're not going to need something on your window. You are the dream catcher. You catch it. Reach out and catch it. Say, the Lord put that on my heart and I'm taking it. And nothing's going to stop me no more. God bless you. Be blessed. And remember, the Lord is with you and he goes before you. And he's preparing a way for you. So stay in the ways of the Lord. God bless you. Have an amazing week.